This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, where we are entering a brand new era. The premiere of the new era, as everything else is premiering this week, it would seem. We're premiering the new era of the Busted Wide Open Podcast. My name is Nick Howell. And sad to say that Dominic can no longer place in Cara because he's dead. I am Sir <laughs> Ian Dangerous. And yes, it is the it is what would you call it? The season premiere of the new Busted Wide Open. We're now yes. going twice, two time a week to keep up with all of the wrestling that's happening now. All of the shows, the new timing of everything. Y'all know how this is going. We've been talking about it for weeks, about how this is going to to work out with the new wrestling schedule. Here we are, the first time, Nick, on a Tuesday. Yes. And I'm happy to say it is Tuesday, October 1st, the greatest month of the year. It's the it's most Halloween season. wonderful time uh, of, the, of year. the year. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and we are very happy to be here because, uh, yeah, it's our first our first time where we're going to split it off and just have our first show of the week just be about Monday Night Raw and anything that happened over the weekend in other wrestling companies, some wide world of wrestling, and if there was a pay-per-view, we're talking about that. So it's a good thing that we're doing it this week because Raw blew my mind this week, yeah. Nick. Uh, we had all kinds of new stuff this week on Raw, and I, I cannot wait to talk about it. But before we do that, let's do some housekeeping. Yes. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it in my pants for a little bit, and then we'll whip it out and talk about Raw. But go ahead. You do some re- housekeeping, and we'll do it. I realized I didn't say what number this is. This is episode number 161. So thank you oh guys my. all for joining us here. Chat, YouTube, I see you. Thank you for joining us on this first of many uh, Tuesdays coming forward. And if you guys want to get in on this, and you're listening to it uh, after we did this, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you can uh, join us every single week, two times a week, right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure you hit that notification bell because we schedule all these events out and you'll get warnings and notifications when we're about to go online. So you're not make sure you don't miss any of them. 
Uh, we're also on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. You can join us in our Facebook discussion group over on Facebook uh, called the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group and our Discord server. We have a new Discord server going here for the last month or so. We have lively live chats that happen for all of the shows all throughout the week and special channels to chat. Uh, spoiler, spoiler free, you know, or spoilery depending on how you look at it, about any of the pay-per-views, any of the shows, all that stuff. We have dedicated chat channels for all of those. Thanks, Facebook, for taking our group chats away from us. Uh, you can also f- uh, find us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash BWO. Big, big shout-out and thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, and if I can take a moment just to say there's a reason that we're doing these shows. There's a reason that we're doing going to two a week. And frankly, next week if you is a good example of you're going to get four, four shows because we're going to do the Tuesday uh, Raw and, the re- secondly, the recap of Hell in a Cell after this Sunday. You're also going to get the Saturday show for NXT, AEW, and SmackDown on Fridays. And the fourth show will be a dedicated listener question stream that we'll be doing immediately after the Saturday show. So you're getting two or three this week, and you're getting four next week because we got a pay-per-view. So that's how things are going to go in the new era of the Busted Wide Open podcast. But Ian, <clears throat> we, <throat> we really have to... before This feels like the calm before the storm, honestly. Uh, but we have a few things we need to talk about before we get into the madness uh, of what went down on Monday Night Raw. But to do that, we need to head over and talk about the big news. Well, you say it's a few things. All I know of is one thing, and there's one thing only that is the biggest news of this week. Uh, actually, I, you know, I can say 1.5. 1.5. Okay. I'll start with the, with the big, big news, and that is that this Friday on SmackDown Live, they pulled the coup. They did it. The Rock will be on SmackDown Live this Friday. That's big. And already the ticket sales, uh, the ticket prices in the secondary market for the SmackDown that's going to be happening up the street for me here at Staples Center, uh, they done like doubled or tripled. You thought, if you already have your tickets, good. Because that stuff just got real expensive because The Rock is going to show up this Friday on SmackDown Live. I can't think of a better move on WWE's part than to have him, even if he just comes out and just says, hi, I'm The Rock. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? And leaves. Like, that's probably, that, that's going to jump their ratings and make people want to watch. Yeah. You just, I mean, it's, what a coup. What a coup for them to get him back on the show at this point, which is funny to say considering, you know, how integral he was to WWE back in the day. And now he's so far beyond it. It's not even funny. Right. Like, the biggest movie star in the world. Literally. Yeah. Literally the highest in, paid movie star in right arguably, now. Inarguably inarguably the biggest movie star so that's pretty crazy i mean for a company that really doesn't like when the 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 birds leave the nest as it were and go off and make their own success if you can get someone like the rock who will come back and i think this is the biggest week in professional wrestling in terms of monumental paradigm shifts uh since 2007 perhaps even since 2000 uh or 99 around there like it, this is absolutely monumental everything that's happening this week and for the rock to take time out of his absolutely insanely busy schedule to come back to wwe and give them that rub that's why you should let your babies leave the nest and then they come back and help you like it's 
So it's it's a good look for WWE. I'll put it that way. It was a big surprise. It's it's a good get. You know, it, it's one of those things that you know. This week we saw some some legends come back for Monday Night Raw, but we'll discuss that in a little bit. But I didn't see this coming. And frankly, as much as they hyped up the returns of some of the legends for Monday Night Raw, I was expecting a lot of that to happen Friday night once Fox got a hold of their hands on the roster and they could pull anything that they wanted to. So. It was a good get. It was. I was very excited to uh, to see that this get announced uh, just a couple of days ago yeah. you know, over the weekend. So, and they yeah. they bragged about it all weekend on football and just Fox has been doing a stellar job of promoting. They're all in. Like they they have, they need to. They dropped a billion dollars on it. Of course, they're all in. <laughs> yeah, come on, that's an investment. So yeah, to make it makes total sense that they would do that, and they probably dropped a pretty penny getting Rock there as well, but. Uh, you have to. You have to. The stakes are very high for this show, and not because of AEW or any other competition, because of the time slot you're in and the amount of money invested in putting them there. You've got to be all in on this. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, that 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 point five I mentioned. Well, uh, uh, last week on this show, Nick, we had a bit of a uh, a coup. We debut. We actually broke the news that CM Punk had auditioned for. Uh, the new breaking show, the new backstage show that WWE is producing over at Fox. Right. Uh, we were, as far as I know, the first podcast to report that. Meltzer did report it about seven hours later, um, which, you know, hey, one for the little guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we say in the South, the sun even shines on a dog's ass, you know, yeah. a certain part of the day. <laughs> One of our three sources worked out for us. It was great. Right. Uh, but yeah, and, and, I, and I thanked our source last night, by the way. Um, we, were, we were very proud of that. But yes. With some Punk Miller Lite is- tall boys? Is that how you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, but yes, we, we, we got that one right. And it turns out that CM Punk did confirm it. But he also said, uh, you know, Who's to say he's not going to show up at SmackDown on Friday? I'm pretty sure he was pulling a work uh, uh, a work there on that because he said, "Hey, Dwayne, call me on Friday and we'll we'll work something out." Um, but yeah, CM Punk has been teasing that he might be coming back to regular WWE programming. That was but, just a joke for when The Rock exactly. tried to call him in the ring. Okay, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just wanted to slip that in there since you said there was more than one thing. So yes, yeah. Nick, that is the big news for this week. Let's let's not waste any more time and get over and discuss the wild and wacky program that was Monday Night Raw. The season premiere of Monday Night Raw. We got a whole new Tron that looked like a half pipe, which was interesting. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, the way that the video just goes from you know in a in a half pipe way up the wall. Cool. We got Pyro back. That's that's almost worthy of being in the big news segment. We've got Pyro back. I guess when kind you get of. two billion dollars, you can do a little bit of Pyro again. Well, again, like with with what we we're saying about the Rock, and they've got to step up their game. They got to step up their game. They got to bring the pyro back. I wonder how long it will last. I'm just saying. And not everybody but, uh, got it. Like I was mostly no. surprised AJ didn't get pyro. Like Alexa Bliss got like a little during her entrance, and then AJ got nothing. They just still had the sound of the pyro. It's <laughs> like, <'cause> I, <laughs> that's that's like Kane's crackling fire music that's in his sound, yeah. right? Because they used to not have a sound effect of pyro at that point in the song. They just inserted it once they took his pyro away right. to cover for the lack of pyro. 
but <laughs> this week they still had pyro, but they kept the sound. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I just, I, I also pictured somewhere uh, in Knoxville County, Kane is sitting there going like, man, now they bring pyro back. I was on the show last week. You could have had the Kane pyro. Anyway, I miss the Kane pyro. We, yes, we got a and- whole new song, intro song from Skillet. New intro song, uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. It's okay. I, you know. It's fine. I, I'm it's a thorn a in your huge, eye kind of guy for old old Rise War theme, but you know th- this is okay. People like Skillet, I guess. You know? I'm not even mad at the Papa Roach one they keep using from time to time. Which one is but, that? Uh, oh, you'll know when you hear it. All right, but I'm not going to try and imitate it and embarrass myself. But yeah, it's so we had a whole bunch, of, a lot of the new presentation. This the new stage. I think it's it's a little weird at first. It's like the old stage, just it flows together now. And yeah. there was a couple of shots where I loved it. I thought it looked absolutely, like, mind-bendingly awesome. And then other shots from different angles where I'm like, no, it looks like crap. When um, they don't color it, when they don't put film on it, it looks awful. Like, uh, Miz was the one that stood out. Uh, he just had, like, a black back with awesome written across the top. Yeah. Like, where the Tron would normally be. But the whole, like, bottom of the ramp was just black. Like, why wouldn't you put stuff well, down there if you've the got thing, that? I don't well, they, they've made a lot of these, um, a lot of the stuff that they've already made, a lot of the video packages that they've made was built for the old stage. So they haven't yeah. actually updated the technology of the video packages to work on the new stage, right? They haven't used the technology the way that they can now with the stage being laid out the way it is. So I have a feeling that a few of the entrances are going to look like crap for a while until they figure out how to make it work on that stage and look more seamless. You know what I mean? So I, I, I've given them some time to work on that stage. I think it's actually technologically speaking it's kind of wondrous like it's yeah, it it's is. a pretty cool setup um and the lighting rig in the background is just sick that thing back there like having worked a little bit with lights before like what they have going on back there is absolutely insane you're just talking about the, like, wa- the big wall red, uh the, the wall red and of white wall lights yeah. the wall of lights behind the actual as you call it the half pipe yeah um that's that thing is nuts and it's definitely an upgrade from what they had before especially with all like the the pyro setups they have back there but um yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with this new stage i just feel like it's a it's a new toy it's like you know it's like when a, when a new generation of video game consoles comes out and they're still making games using the technology from the old consoles or like sure. what they think and it takes like, like a couple of years for the technology to catch up with the capabilities of the console it's like right. that right so i i think it will get better i'm not i'm not like that's oh, crap and you know saying that's it now. Um, we also had a new announce set up. We had Dio Madden, we had Vic Joseph, and we had the King Jerry Lawler. What did you think about how the new announce team did? Strange to not have Michael Cole for the first time in 13 years, 17 years, Well, not I kinda, open Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it, that too, but I kind of knew that they were going to send, I'm going to loosely say and do air quotes, the A-team, that they were going to send them over to Fox. I just, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, do I think that Vic Joseph should have supplanted Tom Phillips in that lead play-by-play role? No. For SmackDown? No. They should have moved him. Vic Joseph still feels weird to me because I'm used to hearing him on 205 and NXT UK. And it's just, I I can't, it just, I'm not settled in yet. I'm so Michael Cole and Tom Phillips and Morrow ingrained at this point that it's, it's just, it made the show awkward hearing them on commentary, all three of them, frankly, because Dio Madden, I don't think I've ever heard call anything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the, and the other thing was is that all three of them have the same kind of intonation in their voice. They have the same like tonal rant. They all sound the same in a way. Uh, the, D- Dio and Vic maybe a little bit, but Jerry Lawler is Jerry Lawler. You know, oh, he Jerry, like he, you know who he the king like is. Sure. But right. that was the thing for me is that Corey was unique and that he had such a unique sound and mm. a way that he delivered things. He always stood out yeah. uh, as opposed to Michael Cole or Tom Phillips. So this is it's going to take some getting used to for me. And I, yeah. and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll Same. see what happens. Yeah. And I think that like the stage, it's going to be something where we need to give them time to settle in, find their yeah. chemistry. Uh, updating on Jerry Lawler's status, it's not actually him being in there as a stopgap until they find somebody else. He apparently has carte blanche. He can stay as long as he wants. And it's just up to him when he wants to leave. So apparently that's the deal they have with him is, yes, he's temporary, but it's completely up to Jerry when he wants to take off. So interesting. But yeah, I'm looking forward to to these guys finding their chemistry a little bit more. There definitely was a couple of awkward pauses, guys not knowing when the other one wants to come in. They've got to find their groove. They haven't worked together before. Like it's... It's fine. It's a work in progress. It's just weird to have a season, a quote-unquote season premiere, and not all the pieces are fully settled. But that's also just kind of how WWE works. It's usually two steps ahead of the body, if you know what I mean. They're they're working ahead of themselves. So right. that's it's fine. That's the way that they've gotten to thirteen hundred and seventy-eight episodes or whatever it is, and they haven't done that by waiting until things are right. They just go. You just go and do it. So. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how all of these things settle in, how long pyro lasts, if this is a a long-term thing with the pyro, that it's back, back, or if it's going to be like the the wild card rule, and in a couple of months, we'll just forget about it. Yeah, that's the best possible outcome, is that we don't even notice that they're there, frankly. We hear the calls, but we don't, it doesn't stand out enough that we, you know, we're we're distracted by it, I think is what the way I wanted to say that. Uh, with the pyro, I was very much aware that they started the show like the old Raws used to start with, it's time for Raw, and everything just like the whole stage explodes, and then the crowd's sitting there going, wow! Yeah. That's way better than, it's boss time, it's the big dog! You know, it's way better way to open the show. It gets me hyped. So uh, hopefully they, they, yeah. they feel that, and they're willing to drop a little more coin in keeping that around for some time. Nick, let's get into the actual guts of the show here. Oh things boy. that actually happen on the show. Take a deep breath. Um, so there was one thing I liked about the writing of the show, and I love it when they do this, is have plot that carries on. Like there is a a plot that carries on through the show that keeps you engaged. Ongoing storylines. The storylines weave in and out of other storylines. And while you have some outlier matches, the main thrust of the show continues through the entire thing. And the show this week started off with Rey Mysterio coming out to talk about his upcoming universal title match with Seth Rollins, which was supposed to happen at the end of the show. That match never happened. Yeah. Because Rey Mysterio was out of nowhere ambushed by Brock Lesnar, whose pyro is back, by the way, surprisingly. Um, yeah, Brock Lesnar came down and grabbed the mic out of Ray's hand, gave it to Paul Heyman. Ray grabbed it back from Paul Heyman. Brock didn't like that, so the F5s began. And uh, we had been point- it had been pointed out to us that Ray's son, Dominic, was sitting ringside. Dominic uh, got, he got mad dogged by Brock Lesnar. He sat down very politely in his seat. He didn't want none of Brock Lesnar, and who can blame him? And Brock did not think that was a, 
in the in the cards today. You were not backing down from Brock Lesnar today, son. Mm-mm. Get over the get over the ring here, you big Walter-looking mother son of a bitch. Come here. He grabs him. He tosses him around. He threw Dominic around like a freaking six foot three rag doll. Yeah. He murdered that. I, props to Dominic, by the way, for bumping like a champ. Like welcome Brock- to the WWE kid. <laughs> oh my God. Here's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Here's Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar doesn't give a crap about your kids. One of the stiffest MFers ever in the WWE. That's that's why we're gonna that's Jesus. how we're gonna intro- indoctrinate you into the company. Welcome. Take your bumps, man. Well, if this is him paying his dues, his dues have been paid in full. My God, Brock just tossed him pillar to post. He tossed Ray around some more. They kept trying to make him leave. He wouldn't leave. He kind of left and then he came back and did it again. This was this was a murder. This was, in my opinion, some of the best stuff you can do with Brock. Yeah, is have him act like a wild bear. If, uh, what's the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? The the, the Revenant. Revenant. Yeah. The Revenant. The, it's the, Brock is the bear in that movie, and all you can do is try to survive him, and it's great. No words, just mauling. It's it, and and you it feels like a mauling it feels like he's out there killing someone it it feels real enough for you to buy in yep so I'm not if you're going to have Brock be your final boss i'm not the only one that felt um some corollary for the patrons out there to the some of the stuff that was part of my fantasy booking even though it was oh, Brock instead of Samoa Joe i'm just going to say i got those tingles that dominic is getting involved with a big baddie even though it's not Samoa Joe you have to admit, I was pretty close. I'm we'll admitting see what nothing. Happens. All right, so let's let's get get back to reality here. Okay, yeah. Uh, is, <laughs> is this something that we see paying off at some point, or is this just building for the Kofi match on Friday? Is this, Ray going to come back? This is just showing what a monster Ventus? Brock is. That's all it you, is. So two things on this: you don't think that Ray's going to come back and have a babyface storyline with Brock at some nah. point? It won't matter after Friday. Uh, okay. At some point, maybe, but between now and Friday, no. All of this to me was just to showcase that Brock is the wild, crazy bear, unhinged, and mm-hmm. it's going to make sense when he just absolutely annihilates Kofi Kingston on Friday. Now, that's what the purpose of this was to me. Yeah. Well, I'm saying if he loses, if he doesn't win on Friday, and he and Ray just have a feud between the two of them with no title involved, I'm not mad at that. And. Nah. Here's another one, another another possibility that's been floated uh, that I've seen a couple of places is there is a a gentleman by the name of Kane Velasquez who you may have heard of who just debuted down in CMLL and did some work down there. Uh, excuse me, AAA, AAA CMLL. Where did he go? I, for some reason, I'm fritzing right now. But he just he got his wrestling debut and he was fantastic. Um, and he might come in. You know, he's been wearing a mask. Can you imagine him coming in, fighting for Ray's honor? They've been, he's had talks with WWE. Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Mm. Okay. You have Just throwing attention. that out there. Long shot, but uh, if you're going to throw out some fantasy booking, I'm going to throw out some fantasy booking. <laughs> um, so later on in the show, we see Ray and his now crippled son getting loaded into an ambulance. Ray takes off his mask when you can you can see him through the the ambulance window he took off his mask is that him unmasking or is that just like for dramatic purposes uh, dramatic it was a translucent opaque kind of finish to the glass you couldn't really see but you could see but you couldn't really see 
He keeps trying to have his mask taken off lately, though. Like, I can't help but think he's trying to unmask. Yeah, he could be. He could be as a way of you know? going out, as a way of finishing yeah. his career. I, I can totally see him unmasking and retiring via the WWE, uh, in WWE. So, or passing uh, his mask to his son or to somebody else. El, Rey, el, el, el hijo de Rey Mysterio. Yeah. You know? Yep. Something like that. So. Yeah. So just a, just a thought. Um, so this plot continued through the show. Like we had a lot of people referencing the fact they felt bad for Ray and Dominic, how awful Brock is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Seth Rollins even weighed in. He says there's a lot in his mind, as you can imagine. He's got the fiend mentally terrorizing him. He's got a championship match. Ray no longer can compete because of this. So now Seth has to find someone new. And he says, I'm waiting for someone to step up. We'll see who that is. Well, he had someone step up in another segment, and that segment was Ms. TV with special guest stars Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Good Lord. By the way, uh, just as a, a little aside, this segment, by far and away, the highest-rated segment of this show. In terms of the ratings, like this one blew everyone else away. That's important for context for what we're about to talk about and probably Correct. what we're about to say. Yep. Yes. So, oh. if this segment... <laughs> So this started off, no one really, everyone thought this was going to be Flair and Hogan putting over SmackDown or Raw or something. Nope. They were out there to put over Crown Jewel, the next Saudi Arabia show, which will be happening on Halloween, October 31st, later this month. Can't wait to cover that show, Nick. Uh, and they announced basically through some just really awkward stuff where Flair and Hogan were, they were kind of recapping their old gimmicks. And they Flair were kind went of in on floundering. Hogan, like he turned on. Yeah, him. well, yeah, someone had to be the heel, and if you look at the way they set this up later, Flair is definitely being positioned as the heel, and Flair basically kind of fumbled around, but eventually got it out that, hey, Hogan, I'm sick of you hogging the spotlight. Let's you and me go one more time, and uh, Hogan saying, okay, what do you want to do? And Flair and Hogan agreeing that they should do a five-on-five Survivor Series style match. In Saudi Arabia, though they didn't say Saudi Arabia, they said a crown jewel. Let's just be clear. Yeah. We're not trying not to mention the the country in which this international pay per view is taking place because we don't want anyone thinking about how much blood money we're taking for it. So we're going to have this match, and it's going to be Team Hogan versus Team Flair. And the first person out for Team Hogan, Seth freaking Rollins. First person out for Team Flair, Flair's old buddy, Randy Orton. So. How do you, what do you, now break all this down for me, Nick. What did you feel about all of these things? Um, if Ric Flair was not completely shit faced drunk, I'm worried about the old man because <laughs> the, okay. the, there was something off there. And as someone who has been through his grandfather with Alzheimer's ultimately passing on, those are the kinds of telltale signs. But I, I'm going to chalk it up to Rick just being a legendary drinker and maybe having what, you know, 12 too many scotches before he came out. Uh, He's not supposed to be drinking. I know. Rick, Rick, stop it. You're not supposed to be drinking, man. Come on, Charlotte. Come on. I know you live in Atlanta now, but come on, Charlotte. Uh, You're my you know, boy. No, one, no one can rein him in. If he wants to do something, he's going to do it. Um, the other part of this what, that I realized, and this, this might be a little controversial, um, uh oh! I think I've said before that I was ready to let bygones be bygones and let's move forward, and that he was doing a good job of making amends. I think I realized tonight I'm not I'm I'm not ready to 
let Hogan off yet. I'm, you're still I'm, not cool with Hogan, huh? I'm, I'm still not cool, especially when you're going to send someone that's blatantly racist out there to promote a Saudi Arabia show. Oh, okay. Uh, the, it, it's just the double. It's the double whammy, and then I just double I whammy got, for you. I got really uncomfortable really quick mm. when I figured out that that's what they were doing, and I thought they were there to hype up. It's the season premiere. Here's these that's legends. What I thought, yeah. Let's start setting up Hell in a Cell. Let's set up the new season. Let's let's hell. Let's look forward within sixty days to Survivor Series, which is kind of what they did. They set up a mock Survivor Series match with yeah. Hogan and Flair as the captains or the coaches, I should say, not the captains, the coaches for what is ultimately going to be a Survivor Series match at Crown Jewel. So we're going to do that at Crown Jewel and then have. The For Reals Survivor Series a month later? I'm just wondering if they're going to take some of that Saudi money and give it to TNA. <sighs> this we, You realize we've had this match already. Lethal Lockdown back in, uh, what, 2010? Yeah, 2010. Lethal Lockdown, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Only then, Team Hogan was Hogan, Abyss, uh, Jeff Hardy, RVD, and Jeff Jarrett. And Team Flair was Flair, uh, the Beer Money, Desmond Wolf, and Sting. So we've, I don't know. They've kind of done this already is what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't wasn't good then. (laughs) The last thing I'll say about this for for entertainment purposes, I actually thought this was to set up the fiend to come out and kill another legend. And I actually thought it was going to be the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, uh, right. Wait, wait, yeah, I forgot to mention Jimmy Hart. My boy Jimmy Hart was there. He looked they the Miz same. forgot about him and we forgot about him too. But oh, one of my favorites in there. Oh, so oh. It, it, it's just completely lost track of Jimmy Hart back there. But I thought it was gonna be oh. let's let's not bury Hogan or Flair, but we let's send Jimmy Hart out with Hogan again so that we can have the fiend attack another legend. That's oh, what my that favorite. my gut feeling was towards this whole setup. No, ultimately it turned out to be a crown jewel thing. Something else. It was a crown jewel thing. And on top of that, so what do you think about Seth and Randy as the team captains? Like, we're going to do this. Like, so obviously, like I said, Flair is being positioned as the heel here because Orton's over on Flair's team. By the way, I, I loved Orton this entire show. Like, he just, you know, <laughs> first thing he says when he comes out is, Seth, if we could take a minute, you can climb out of Hulk Hogan's ass. Right. We can actually get something done here. Yeah. It, he felt very much like the, uh, oh, how shall I put this? devil may care kind of randy orton where he's like i don't really give a crap <laughs> that oh god he had a couple of moments later in the shows where he i mean he, I, he how many times did randy orton corpse during this show uh, like five times a lot he just kept mostly within it. the last five minutes of the show but we'll talk about that later <laughs> we'll get to that yeah yeah and and the king corbin entrance when the chair when the chair dissolved but uh oh that was funny we'll get to that so yeah. Orton and Seth end up at the end of this saying, you know, hey, we're the team captains. Let's have it right now. Seth said, cool, you're stepping up. Let's have a universal universal title match. And sure enough, the match started, but it never really got going because out came Baron Corbin. King, excuse me, King Corbin. Thank you. In his King Corbin regalia. Sorry, 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 Nick. I know you're a fan of the King gimmick. Good use of the word regalia as well, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, came out and two-on-one on Seth. And then Seth was saved by Rusev? (laughs) (laughs) So here's how I think all this went down. Ric Flair kept interrupting Miz and Hogan. Is it my turn now? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? And somebody, I could just hear Vance back say, somebody get out there and save it. (laughs) Save this. 
and here, well, out comes it, Seth, and out comes Randy, and hey, let's have yeah, let's have a match, and they're rolling no, the carpet up and kicking the chairs out. That was all booked, Nick. Come on, that uh, was all booked. You know, I think they definitely cut him off with Randy Orton's entrance. They, uh, they, totally. they were definitely like, get him out there, get him out there now. But everything, come on, that's obviously all planned. But they had to but, roll the carpet up and all this shit. That just felt very ad hoc. It's supposed to. It, oh, uh, that, that's right. what I liked about it. Book it to be feel like this is just happening on the fly, like as opposed okay. to having it feel arbitrarily on the fly, right? Don't you want the show to feel like it's organic when, when people say, let's have a match right now, and you go, wait, how can you just throw a match into a pre-planned show? Well, this felt like they made the match on the spot. Because I guess if I'm going to come out and challenge a dude, and I'm going to call him names, and I'm going to do all I'm not going to wait for him to roll the carpet up to kick his ass. But I guess in wrestling, we're if you're gonna have a, You can't do it unless you have the match prepared, and then it's not... You, you can't, they do it for the safety of the performers. Get in kayfabe here, Nick. Yep, 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 yep. Follow me down the kayfabe hallway into kayfabe land, where we all think of everything in kayfabe, and we don't try to... Be like, well, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? You two Come get on. out there and challenge each other to a match. We we got to save this. That, that's what that felt like to me. It felt so it's, like rushed and at Well, I, I I think you're getting worked on several levels there. But anyway, so sure. regardless, the point is Corbin is probably going to be on Team Flair. Rusev came out to save Seth. And then when he got to the back, said, yeah, I came out to save you. So I deserve the title shot uh, later on in the show. What was weird is he came out and saved Seth like a face and the crowd was cheering him and he was posing with Flair and Hogan at the top of the ramp. Then he got to the back and he was yelling at the camera like a heel. Uh, so that was really weird. Is, is Rusev a face or is he, he going to be a face in this match? Is he a heel? What's, what's happening here? Or, uh, yeah, it, did this make sense to you? Did, was there a, a consistent through line with the Rusev character on the show for you? Not yet, no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, just making sure because yeah. I thought I definitely thought it was. They tried to make it make sense, but it just in in execution, it was uh, it was pretty messy. Yeah. Uh, but things got messier, Nick. Okay. Things got but so, wait, so much. There's more. <laughs> so much messier <laughs> because later in the show we had that Rusev and Seth Universal Title match, which was a fine match. It was it was fine. It just the ending. The ending. How did it end? end? Well, you had Randy Orton and Baron Corbin staring at them from the top of the ramp and distracting them. But that's not what really distracted them at the end of the match because what distracted them was the sound of Bobby Lashley's music hitting and Bobby Lashley walking out on the top of the stage and gesturing multiple times to the doorway behind him and no one came out until he finally, you know, it finally worked. Would you be um, in a hurry to come out either if you were Lana? No, I would not be in a hurry to come out if I knew what was coming. Pardon the pun. Um, so earlier in the show, Rusev had been asked in an interview where Lana was, and he just had a weird look in his face and stayed silent. Well, we found out where Lana was. Yeah, She was in the back with Bobby Lashley. She came out on the stage with Bobby Lashley. She didn't just come out on the stage with Bobby Lashley. She proceeded to make out with Bobby Lashley. And when I say make out, I don't mean like two high schoolers like kind of lightly touching lips. I mean like Bobby Lashley was up her thigh reaching for the brass ring. I mean like, <laughs> like there was... This was like TV, TV MA making out. And Rusev just in the ring looking like he was being repeatedly punched in the gut. This isn't even like, uh, this isn't even like Mike Kanellis kind of cucking. This is just a whole other level. And I, I have to admit, I was on my couch screaming like a high school girl watching the Jonas Brothers. Is that still a reference? I was on the couch. Ah! 
it was it was it was it was brutal. And they kept uh, doing it over and over it. again. Stop! <laughs> no more. On this, there was video that came out afterwards of Baron Corbin and, and Randy Orton on the side of the stage, both just like cringing and sc- like, oh god, with each other. Randy had his vest like same. pulled up over his yes. face because he couldn't stop Making laughing. This, the same expression that we were all making at home, just going, oh god, what has the old man done now? Oh god, Nick. Um, all right, so now we have our second cuck angle on the show. Uh, Rusev involved in both. Whose pot of coffee did this man pee in? When is enough enough for Rusev? When will you just let him be cheered? He got the biggest pop of the night when he came out to save Seth. People were still chanting Rusev Day. What are you doing? Oh, my God. Okay, so is this... I'm coming back. I'm bringing it back down. Okay. We're trying to run a show here. I've gone off the rails just like Raw did. Yep. Oh, they uh, are. Right. I was showing it to Esther earlier, by the way. This all happened within the final three minutes and 30 seconds of a three-hour show. Yeah. Oh, it was It was just, let's have a regular show except for like one or two spots of insanity and then just fan meet shit at the end of the show. And it's everywhere. Uh, and this is before the you know Rusev is just standing there staring mouth open at the top of the stage and the lights all go down and the fiend attacks Seth again and then we go to black with the fiend laughing like that's all the last five minutes of the show just <laughs> eh, madness all right so uh, I'm trying to get myself back on the rails here Rusev is now involved in two cuck angles uh, the Bobby Lashley Lana thing. Do you think this is, have they gone too far or is this what we tune in to WWE for? Is this like when people say, we want the Attitude Era back? Like, this I hate to say This is not what we mean. But this is very Attitude Era. This is very much that. It's trash, more ruthless aggression, TV. middle 2000s crap. Actually, I would, I would argue this felt a lot to me and people have speculated on whose fault this was or who's responsible for this. <laughs> if it is Vince... Because we we know he loves his cuck angles. He had one with his own daughter at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also know this is the kind of thing. Like, and I will I will defend him when he does a good thing, like his promo in this in this show about Brock Lesnar killing Kofi on Friday. But when he does something like this, Paul Heyman, I will call him out and say, "Oh dear God, he's doing this crap again." Because this stuff was in ECW as well. Don't forget, Tommy Dreamer was always like one of those guys that just was always kind of a sweetheart backstage at ECW shows. Like he was known to be like just this relentless gentleman and nice guy and never yep. hit on women. And people were, you know, wondering about him. And so what did Paul Heyman do in response? He threw him in a three way angle. Remember that? Yep. Screw yep. it. I'll take them both. Remember that? So this, this definitely has some Paul Heyman fingers on it. Uh, don't think about that too hard. So, yeah, I, I, I really wonder. And, but here's the thing. You know what? People are talking about it. Here we are literally screaming about it. There is something to this. The only thing I have to wonder is, I mean, literally the only thing I walked away from this wondering is how in the world this is going to end up being good for any of the people involved in it. Do you see any way that this could end up being like improving 
any like Lashley, Lana, or Rusev, or for that matter, Mike and Maria Kanellis, is this going to improve any of their careers in the long term being involved in this? There's plenty of other ways you could have done it, but this is a super facey redemption thing for Rusev that, you know, he doesn't need any help getting over. He's over AF already. But I he see can that be if they let I, him be. I can see the logic where they might think that he s- steals, his, gets his girl back from the big baddie and somehow turns into super mega face uh, Rusev and, and saves the day and all of that kind of good stuff. That's, that's the only thing I could s- like maybe defend to them that that might be what they were thinking. It's the worst possible way that they could have executed it. Yeah. There's so many other ways that you could have achieved that exact same outcome, just not something that 12-year-olds are going to... Eh, they're kissing! <laughs> I mean, uh, how many times are they going to do this to Rusev and Lana, too? Like, how many times do they have to be, have to, how many times do they have to be punished uh, if that's the last what this time they is? did it with Enzo, for right? Them, for them, uh, no, it was Aiden English last time, Aiden. who, by the way, who, by the way, tweeted out, uh, is it too late, too early to say I told you so, or something yeah. to that effect? Um, <laughs> uh, and then also before that, they had Dolph Ziggler and um, uh, Summer Ray, right? Right. Which is, you know, I've got I've got Dog Ziggler sitting over here in the corner right now. So uh, you know that that storyline did produce some funny TV, not good TV, but funny TV. Um, I I could actually see this being entertaining but just but not in not in the sense like i'm not going to sit here and be like god i can't wait to see what happens next with bobby lashley lana and rusev and that's the other aspect of this is lana and rusev are a real life husband and wife couple and is there is there a part of this that makes you more uncomfortable because they are a real life husband and wife maybe like mike a, and maria Canellis is, a little is bit similar because they're they are so out and, and in public about it you know, yeah. if Rusev has to be okay with what transpired at the top of the ramp, well, he had acting. to have agreed I mean, to know. it, or they have, could have gotten massive checks for it. It's it's alleged that they're you know pretty open about you know themselves anyway. I'll leave it at that and let you draw your own conclusions. But um, the the idea there that Rusev could be truly IRL offended by this. Nah. Oh no, I don't think I don't think so with that. I mean, no. you know, the, the the entertainment industry is full of people who are married and then go in you know, film and TV and sure. have full on love scenes. Like that's yeah, it's it's that's okay. That's another point. It's more that of all of the options of things to do in the WWE, they still chose to do this to Larusev and Lana. That's what that's what makes me curious about this. So, yeah, I don't know. I. I Stepping back and looking at this from a WWE booking standpoint, it makes me uncomfortable that they would want to do this to Rusev and Lana, given their history with the company. Um, and that part is what leaves kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Aside from that, it's just trash TV, and it will yeah. probably be entertaining, given the people in it. Um, it's Jerry Springer, soap yeah. opera stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And that gives big numbers for them on socials, so... Yeah. You know, the the Mandy Rose and, and Enzo, I believe it was... No, Jimmy Uso. Mandy Rose and Jimmy Uso in the hotel room did like 5 million views in, in two days or something like that. So, uh, the only thing I... I mean, I'm going to... I will openly admit, I'm stealing this joke from Twitter, but I fell off my stool laughing at this. Um, 
I think it's quite obvious that this booking was just it was there's a something going on with this booking where uh, the idea was this is payback for Rusev joining Team Hogan is to have a large jacked black man make out with his wife. Right. It just makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I have anything else I want to say about this. Honestly. You're the one who's mad at Hogan. I thought I'd just throw that out there and you'd I, like I, it. I am, and I, I'm not going to address that anymore. <laughs> I think everybody can interpret <laughs> on their own exactly what I how oh, I would feel Lord. that way. All right. Uh, well, okay. I want to well, talk about the some tag show, team oh, action. Uh, let's shake it off. Shake yes. it off. Shake it off. Some good <laughs> things happened Jesus. on this shake show. Shake the dirt off of you. Uh, I want to jump ahead a little bit and talk about the tag team stuff that happened on this show because I was very inspired by it. Oh my! Uh, in the in a sense that are we finally getting to the point where we've got a decent number of tag teams? We've got three tag teams circling the titles right now, but the the odd ball, the odd men out are Rude and Ziggler as the champs. But you've got Heavy Machinery, Viking Raiders, and the Good Brothers, the OC, all legitimate tag teams for long times. And the weird thing is that Rude and Ziggler have the titles. Like, why are Rude and Ziggler even in this position when you've got those three teams that would just be lights out tag teams fighting over those championships. I, I can't wait for the day that they get rid of it, but I was inspired to see all three of those teams in action uh, on Monday four, night. All, all four of those? Well, the other three teams, yes. I was and, not, and, and, I was and not excited about Not inspired by that? No? Yeah, no, okay. no. Well, but here's the thing. I'm glad that one of the matches was a tag team title match. And frankly, Rudin Ziggler worked a really good match with Heavy Machinery. And the OC and Viking Raiders was an entertaining match. We had two very good tag team matches on Raw. And even if one of them was a tag team that are, is made up of primarily singles wrestlers. It was still, that's a lot better than it's been, Nick. You have to admit. Like, this was a step in the right direction for the tag team. I don't division. have to admit that. But, yeah, we're going in the right direction now. We've got Then three, you just admitted it. Uh, we're going in the right direction now as soon as they get those okay. titles off Rude and Ziggler. I'll yeah. admit well, that. My question is, why, why can't the OC win, even if it's like through dastardly heel tactics? What's up with them losing? I mean, I, I know it's because they need to, quote, win the feud in the end to keep... I, I don't know. I don't know what their thought is. Viking Raiders are, and OC are just kind of down there doing their thing a little bit. And there's not really... I don't think a lot of grist in that feud. It's just kind of... No, I, I want to see shooting. this get booked like they're fighting for a title opportunity. That seems to be the one thing that's missing. Right. Like, there's no. There's no stakes. There's no stakes. Like mm -hmm. make the Viking Raiders and the OC and Heavy Machinery have a triple threat match for the number one contendership at Hell in a Cell for the Raw Tag Team Championships. There you Bam! go. Bam. There you go. This isn't hard. Like it just instead of just just having a match because, right? That's yeah. the thing that was missing. Like why did Heavy Machinery get a title opportunity? I. Did something happen that I miss online that, that they have a tweet off? There's there's just no <laughs> stakes. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, they'll come up with some stakes before Hell in a Cell. Uh, they've got one episode to do it. Yeah, they yeah <laughs> a little late. They'll throw it together the day of. You know it, Nick. Just, sure. to, just to screw up our It'll be on the pre-show, and it'll be fine. Yeah, come on. This isn't hard, but Bobby Lashley is. Uh, moving on to Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, so this was just a match. It, this is one that was frustrating to me because... You had Sasha and Alexa trying to have a match. Becky's up at the announce table just standing on the desk, staring at the ring and taping up her hands, which that was a nice detail. But it was a nothing match, Sasha and Alexa. And Sasha faked out Alexa by pretending like Bailey was going to interfere. 
when Alexa looked the wrong way, Sasha chop blocked her and pinned her immediately. And then Be- Becky ran down to the ring and the real story began. I felt bad for Alexa Bliss for having to be involved in this. Why not have Sasha have this kind of match against someone else? Whether it's, I know Natal- Natalia and Lacey are doing a feud and that's fine. Dana Brooke, Sarah Logan, uh, Naomi, wherever she is, somebody else. Why Alexa? Why did Alexa have to? It was just because Alexa should be on the show and you want to get your stars on the show? Because this was a bad way to treat her, if that's the case. It was, but again, you needed to have someone of the same caliber fighting to preview what's going to happen on Friday night on SmackDown. Much like you had to have Rey Mysterio, a legend, out there with Brock Lesnar to preview what a big baddie he is. Let's find the smallest guy possible in the WWE just to highlight how big and mean and bad Brock Lesnar is. And let's let him throw this tiny little man in a vertical overhead suplex all the way across the ring. And if the ropes hadn't been there, he'd have landed three rows deep into into the crowd. (laughs) <laughs> so that's my thing. Like this was all about Becky and Sasha and a preview highlight for what's going to go down on Friday. Nothing more, nothing less other than you could loosely throw in that Sasha had a match with Nikki Cross last week. So now we're doing the singles thing back and forth uh, for the women's tag championships. Uh, they're going to have a match at Hell in a Cell if I'm not mistaken, right? Have they booked that one yet for the women's Ooh. tag championships? Not uh, that I know of yet. Bliss we only have Cross. like three matches booked for Hell in a Cell as of right now. What? <laughs> we got one episode. You got four days. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna throw this together, man. We've got two Hell in a Cell matches, and that's about. And then, and There's more stuff booked for Crown Jewel in a month than there is for Hell in yeah. a Cell in four Madness. days. That being said, uh, uh, this did end up with uh, Becky holding the ring and standing tall, and and doing a pretty decent promo uh, at Sasha Banks. You know, nice pithy one-liners. I like that. Um, you made it personal. I'm going to make it painful. Uh, retribution is coming at hell in a cell. And uh, it was good stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, and then later on in the show, we had Sasha Banks run in and grab a mic out of Charlie Caruso's hand backstage and to start like going off on, on Becky right back. And that was a really good, pr- I mean, Sasha, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we poke, poke at her on the show on the regular about her promos, that was a really good promo. It was. Fantastic promo. But are those promos enough to build this match? Yeah, Do I, we I still feel don't, like this match has been built enough? No, because, I mean, she came out and attacked Natalia. So what's Becky got to do with it? Well, like, that's wh- way back when this started. I understand. Yes. Has it escalated all, all from of what, there? Um, SummerSlam, I guess, is when it started, right? So this is, yeah, I mean, what's, what are the stakes here? Is it the for the championship? You know, what's the is it for bragging it's for rights? The championship. Yeah, I understand it's for a belt, it's for a title, but I mean, like, is that why it doesn't feel like it's been built? Like I said last week, that we've just skipped all the meat. Like we've gone from beginning to end without any explanation or anything. Is it just they they hate each other? Cool, promote. It's that kind of more. what that is, and and this is one thing that we were saying last week, Nick, is that there was no like you just kind of pointed out. Um, Sasha attacked Natalia, Becky ran in for the save, and now all of a sudden, Sasha and Becky are at each other's throats. And there did not feel like there was this big betrayal moment where Sasha did something so horrible to Becky, or vice versa, that would create enough animosity to warrant a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Right? So it's been built off of Becky's competitiveness and Sasha just being kind of a dick. And frankly, that's not enough meat for this kind of match. The, the Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins 
in a cell makes a lot more sense because it's the fiend. It's a demonic structure that will take your soul. Uh, as it brain. ends careers. Yeah, uh, right. The, the typical promos they do for Hell in right. a Cell, but fine. It makes th- that makes more sense. The fiend is this horrible hellish creature, and Seth is a guy who's going to survive and prevail. Uh, copyright trademark, and and it's that's going to end in Hell in a Cell. Or it's going to you know be in Hell in a Cell because that's just where the fiend would be. It, that for whatever reason makes sense. This. Does, it doesn't feel like a Hell in a Cell match yet. It feels Jonathan, for it. Jonathan in the chat just said, Sasha is basically the Dolph Ziggler, it should have been me angle. And I kind, of, I kind of agree with that. That's what this sort of feels like. Sasha came back. She's butthurt that, it, that Becky's getting all this limelight when she's the one that was winning all the championships. And she took point with alongside Charlotte, I guess you could say, as the one that was winning all the championships. Bailey and Becky weren't doing shit. Uh, so this whole thing, and I'm, I get it, but I we've seen this already. I don't need to see this again. I need some kind of actual animosity, some kind of screw over, some reason for them to be having this fight, or it explained to us that it's Sasha's turn, that she earned yeah. an opportunity at the title. What they're doing here is neither of those. Yeah, and well, that's and, why we're and so it's not that she earned an opportunity; it's that she just pissed off Becky enough for Becky to want to challenge her. Um, and as far as the comparison with Dolph Ziggler and it should have been me, it should have been me was just a really extreme version of something that they do a lot, which is just take someone who's in the mid card and elevate them with no real reason to do so, whether it's Jinder Mahal or whether it's Natalia and just have them all of a sudden be in a title contention. And you go, wait a minute, you've been telling me for the last six months, a year, two years, this person is a permanent mid carder. And now all of a sudden you're going to try and make me feel like this person is main event. Well, Sasha is a main eventer, but the problem, you know, and, and she is legitimately, but they didn't do enough to build her back to that after coming off of being on a tag team for however long, for being on the sidelines and all of the negative fan reaction that engendered, uh, and all the rest of the, the, the kind of weird path her career has taken kind of slightly downwards. So, yeah, I, I think that that's not, uh, it's, that's an apropos comparison, maybe not apples for apples, but yeah. You know, and that's but it has more to do with the consistency or the inconsistency of WWE's booking of some of these some of these superstars. You know, we were saying about Asuka, you can shelve her for nine months and bring her back, and she'll still feel legitimate because they never had her lose as consistent as consistently as you did Natalia, Dolph right. Ziggler, Sasha Banks. Good point. Yeah. So it is about it does it does matter how you book people. True. Um, we got to move on here, Nick. So that's, uh, let's talk about a couple of last little bits here. AJ and Cedric Alexander had a match for the U.S. title. AJ won. It was a good match. That's pretty much all there was to this. I couldn't really tell if the feud was going to continue or if this was a blow-off or just killing some time, but it was a good match. I, I think it was good enough. I don't think they need to continue it. I, I feel like this was the blow-off. Uh, I hope so. What a waste. It should have been. Hap- it should have happened at a pay-per-view. Um, I would have loved to have seen more. Huh? It did happen. Well, I mean, it did, but they're still fighting, right? (laughs) Right. So uh, this Uh, feels like it should be done. It it feels organically like it should have been done at the pay-per-view, frankly. But they're still fighting that he wanted the rematch. Fine. Now he still couldn't get it done even in the rematch situation. So All logic should say it's done. Yeah. Right. Um, I would I would have loved to have seen Cedric do more with a tag team faction set up against the OC, the threesome of the OC. We teased that a little bit. We had some of that before. Yeah, but it, was, it just yeah. It, yeah, it just didn't. Pan Cedric out. and the Viking Raiders. Watch. Okay, 
All right. Well, I mean, they're all still fighting, so whatever. For now. Uh, yeah. I don't. What does AJ do next with the U.S. title? We've Here's gone the thing. through Ricochet. We've remember. gone through Cedric. What you have to remember is we're a week out from the draft as well. It's not just Hell in a Cell. So they can't start any feuds right now. There's a lot of stuff that's up in the air because, as you know, at WWE, even they don't know who's going where. They're not going to know until the day of because why plan anything? Right. So that's why we have matches like that or like Ricochet and Cesaro who fought again, which I'm never going to be mad at a Ricochet-Cesaro match. It's just too bad it was so short. But again, the follow-through with the Rey Mysterio line through the whole show, Ricochet beats Cesaro with a West Coast pop, which was Rey Mysterio's move. Although Ricochet did do a springboard version of it. Um, and, it was, and it was pretty. It was oh so pretty. Mm. Oh, mm. it was pretty. We had a huge debate in the, uh, in the live chat during the show on Monday, last night. Uh, this is technically a Dragon Rana. If uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that was that if your you do interpretation? It, if you do it from the mat, Ricochet did a springboard dragon rana. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, which is just it's just and you know because he can and because Cesaro can take it and they're both animals. Gotcha. Um, not such ring animals. Lacey Evans and Natalia. Oh, one more a, thing I wanted match. to say real quick. Ricochet gets. We were talking about the new Tron half pipe setup earlier. Yes. Ricochet gets Tron of the night in my opinion. With it, the whole used the whole thing. Yes, the bullet thing starting to grow on me. I want to admit no. that. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I see what they're trying to do with it. They're letting it linger a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe it's a trying to do something akin to a glass shatter just to before the music kicks in. But letting yeah? it linger has okay. made a little bit of a difference. Um, the, but the then timing, the, the, like it's like with Seth Rollins' burn it down, where like you, yeah. you time it right and it just hits and it feels right when it hits. Yeah, okay. Yep. I could see that. But yeah, they have- did use the entire half pipe uh, with his giant barbed wire string and the ricochet yeah. across it. It looked fantastic. That was yeah. my favorite one of the night. Whereas whereas Rey Mysterio's Tron made me like cover my eyes like, oh God, I can't yeah. see. <laughs> He's, oh, Cesaro's so got generic Tron, green <laughs> Tron A, right? <laughs> it looked Anyone like an After Effects Tron. basic template that somebody oh. pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy he cannot can't win one, and neither can Natalia because she lost to Lacey Evans because Lacey grabbed her tights. Okay, um, uh, quick question, Nick. And then we got. I don't really want to talk about this match, but should this match have been on main event, and we should have had like Dana Brooke and Sarah Logan on the main show? I mean, I know obviously they want to position Natalia and Lacey higher, but just in terms of the quality of the matches, I think they should have been yeah. reversed. Yeah, just it's it does not need to be on a pay per view anytime soon. Please don't do that. It's rhetorical. Awful. And then finally, Nick, AOP mm. had another segment. Uh, I'm not even going to try to quote this one because it was basically just both of these guys spouting a whole bunch of philosophy. And frankly, even though it was in another, well, two other languages, uh, I thought they delivered this beautifully. Just musing on the nature of violence yeah. and those who, like the different ways that you can engage with violence and, you know, ending it with. I paraphrase, but those who um, was it those who commit violence? He 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 who is violence becomes the author of pain. Mm, that's good Loved stuff. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I am very stoked. As I was saying earlier, the resurgence of the tag division on Raw with OC Viking Raiders and Heavy Machinery, and if we bring AOP into that mix as well, and we've got four to five legit tag teams. 
all the complaining I've been doing for the last two to three years is going to wash away very quickly. Yeah, but who knows where all these teams are going in the draft? I understand. Skeptically optimistic. All let right. Me, let hashtag, me have a little bit. <laughs> hashtag skeptically optimistic. Just like I'm optimistic about these guys because I don't know who's producing these segments, but besides the lighting getting goofier every week, and you right. know, it, it feels like the Alistair segments where like every week someone's tweaking the damn lighting and making it just more and more cartoony. But unlike the Alistair segments, these are working for me. Yeah, me too. These are working real well. So, Is it the foreign language dynamic that it makes it feel more intense? And it's not Alistair talking like this. Maybe. It, it might be that that's helping. Um, there's a few different dynamics that are helping with it. I also yeah. think that it's more of a clear through line what they're saying with what their intentions are. Yeah. It, that, that makes more sense. Whereas Alistair was just... The, the also the conceit that he was sitting in a dark room in every arena that they were in, just waiting for someone to knock on his door and and fight him. That was just stupid. Whereas these guys are like, "Hey, we're badasses and we're gonna kill people because we like it." Yeah. That's their whole point. Yeah, I'm in it. I'm in. Yeah. Um, also, we got a real quick touch on the Firefly Funhouse. We mentioned that it happened. Uh, basically, Bray just saying to his um, all of his puppets that it's okay to be afraid. Um, and Seth should be afraid because the fiend is going to kill him, yeah. basically. And uh, he proved that right by screaming, die, die, die at Seth while choking him out at the end of the show. What a raw, <sighs> Nick. What is Rambling Rablet going to stay dead this time? Of course not. That's, it, that's his no. gimmick, is to die and come back. <laughs> um, do you, now, here, there's a rumor. I, I know the great thing about having a longer format show now on Tuesdays, Nick, is we can really ruminate on Raw. What, real quick, there's a rumor going around. Um, that Bray Wyatt might be getting an Abby the Witch to his Firefly Funhouse. What? Liv Morgan is being rumored to become a new member of the Firefly Funhouse. That she's going to come back with a new gimmick and be aligned with Bray Wyatt. Yes. It's a rumor. All in on that. Mm. So the the pink hair gone, she's dying it black, she's going to be in like... Emo She's funeral clip, lace and all that. Clip on on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter where she was cutting off the hair. Not you didn't see you saw the hair falling on the floor. Bum, 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 bum. I'm in. Yeah. Yes. So you dig it? Yes. Yep. I am too. I, as long as Bray's not playing Sister Abigail, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> Josh um, just said, Oh my god, you killed Ramblin' Rabbit, you bastard. <laughs> Again. Again, Ramblin' Rabbit is turning into Kenny. Yes, he is. He is. He is. As long as he doesn't, you know, take off his rabbit head and turn out to be a blonde-haired young boy with a filthy mouth. Ooh. Just saying. Mm. Well, that got awkward Mm. real quick. I'm just saying, if they start getting anthropomorphic versions of these puppets out there in the ring, like I said, you you could have, theoretically, Sin Cara coming out as Ramblin' Rabbit, Liv Morgan coming out as Abby the Witch, Baron Corbin as the Vulture. I don't know. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm trying, to, well, or someone else who's not doing anything. Maybe like uh, Noe Jose as the vulture. No, 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 no. Well, guys, the other part of the show that is it for Raw. The other part of the show we're going to do on Mondays is our coverage of the wide world of wrestling, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, everything else that is sort of not WWE related. So, Ian, let's head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Mercy, the buzzard. Mercy, the but no, you can't see Mercy the buzzard dancing to not dancing the ring. I'm still on no. this. No? no, okay, sorry. We'll head over and talk about New Japan. We had New Japan's Fighting Spirit tour going up and down the East Coast this last weekend. 
uh, kind of like American house shows. There's not really a lot to discuss from these shows other than there's a couple of things. We had a couple of title matches, and the big one is the fact that the Rock and Roll Express was along for this entire tour. Uh, you know who they are, right, Nick? I, Rock and Roll I, Express? I do. You've heard I do. Of? Okay, not, cool. not to be confused with the Midnight Express. No, Everybody. no, no, no. Who? No. Yeah, who? Right. Exactly. Midnight Express? Yeah. I, I've never heard of them. Jim, Jim uh, Cornette? So, no. Okay. No, no. No? Who? Jim Cornette. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, so started off Lowell, Massachusetts on the 28th. Uh, so one of the other guys that was on this tour and was getting a hero's welcome across the whole thing. I could just I could read off all of the wins and losses that I've got in front of me here, but that's just going to be kind of dry. So I'll just talk about like the overall. Um, Lance Archer, on all three of these dates, was getting like a hero's welcome. Dude was massively over. The nice. G1 did absolute wonders for that dude. Absolute freaking wonders. Um, TJP, conversely, was the most hated guy on the tour. No matter what he did, people booed the absolute crap out of that man. Um, so we, uh, the first night, I think the big one is the fact that Chase Owens uh, was a disciple, or he was, he was a student of Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. They finally had their tag match, Chase Owens and Jado versus the Rock and Roll Express. Chase Owens did pin Ricky Morton for the win here. Oh. So good on Ricky for putting over his student. Yeah. That's awesome. Even, even if Chase is an asshole. He did do a lot of work in this match. Although, dude, I got to throw this out, man. Rock and Roll Express, dudes are old. They're <laughs> old. But they were, doing, they were putting in some work on this tour. You had Ricky Morton alone doing like topes and Canadian Destroyers. It was like props, guys. They did, they did their work. Um, in, in the match, I, I never thought I'd see Tomohiro Ishii teamed up with Amazing Red oh. to beat Bushi and Shingo Takagi. That was, that was nice. That's a lot uh, of the meat. <laughs> Gorillas of Destiny. A uh, lot of little meat, though. Like little guys doing meaty things. Um, two meaty guys and then two flyers. It was a fun match. Uh, the Girls of Destiny retained their tag team titles against Rapongi 3K. No surprise there. Yep. And uh, we had a couple of like we had uh, Okada and Tanahashi were along for this tour. And there's a lot of teasing of the fact that Okada and Ibushi are facing Sonata and Evil respectively. So a lot of those tag matches on these shows. Um, the other big news is that New in New York City on the 29th, the show started an hour and a half late. Oof. And the reason for that was, is that there was like, in New York, you have to, in order to get a license to have a wrestling event, you have to have an ambulance on site by law. And earlier in that day, apparently the ambulance company, company was called by somebody who said that the show was canceled and the ambulance never showed up. And by the time they realized they didn't have an ambulance and had called the company and the company said, yeah, you guys called us and said you didn't, you didn't need us. It was too late, and the show was already ready to start. They had to uh -oh. wait for an hour and a half until the ambulance was on site. They even tried to get the, the fire department to send over like a, a, a vehicle. No, they needed an ambulance specifically, so they had to wait for an hour and a half. Rocky Romero was out there throwing shirts at the crowd, thanking everyone for waiting, so that sucked. And when people don't know, there's a lot of course speculation rampantly going around, like, uh, you know, was this sabotage? Was this, or was this just an accident? We don't know. We still don't know yet uh, what happened here. So mm. that, was, that was pretty crazy. Um, let's see. Also on that show, uh, you had Tanahashi, Ricky Morton, and Robert Gibson defeating Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. And as you would imagine, Tanahashi and the Rock and Roll Express, after the match, played air guitar together, which apparently was like a childhood dream of Tanahashi's. So That's fantastic. That was a really, 
that was a really cool moment too. Uh, on that same show, uh, Kenta defeated Yoshihashi in a who gives a crap match for, yeah. to defend the Never Open Weight Championship. Uh, that was a, I'm not gonna lie. That was a that was a sleeper of a match. Mm. It was it was bad. Yoshihashi is a a charisma suck to begin with, but then Kenta just didn't seem like he wanted to be there, so that was a bit of a bummer. Um, and on that show, also Sonata and Evil beat Okada and Ibushi in a tag match. Very good that tag was fantastic. match. It was, and uh, Evil closed out the show by giving a pretty cool speech, too. Uh, Evil was over as hell this entire, entire tour as well. I'm actually really impressed with the guys that got out for this tour. Um, mm. And then, finally, on the last night, I'm just looking really quickly to see if there's anything interesting. Remind myself if there's any... Oh, yeah. Um, Amazing Red had a match with Ren Narita. Ren's got some work to do. Amazing Red, um, they, they did some good work. Uh, Red didn't put him over yet because Narita is still a young lion. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting to watch, like one of the old guard and one of the young guard, the new guard work. Same with like Rocky Romero and Clark Connors. So good stuff. Um, and then that that show ended with uh, Tanahashi, Rock and Roll Express, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto versus all the bad guys: Gato, Owens, Tangaloa, Tamatanga, Kenta, and Jay White. So that was a like fun, crazy chaos match. The crowds were into it on all shows. Uh, worth a watch if you've got some free time this week. <laughs> free time nope. this week. Yeah. Is all this on uh, New Japan World already? All of it's on New Japan already. All right. Yes, sir. I might try and catch some of the key matches tonight, but I, I'm no, I didn't have time this weekend to watch it. Definitely, like there's a couple of like, there's a couple of fun little matches there. Like, I definitely um, want to see the Sonata and Evil Okada Ibushi tag match. Just, and anything with the Rock and Roll Express, those guys yeah, are those. like I said, it's still it's still worth checking those guys out. So. Yep. Um, I don't know how long it will be till their farewell tour, but this was a nice way to this nice like late career benchmark for them. So very cool. Uh, also, this last weekend, Nick, we had Ring of Honor's Death mm. Before Dishonor. I'm also not going to spend too much time on this because it was a average show at best. Uh, even well, Jeff Cobb and even Jeff Cobb and Brody King was subpar. And like I've seen them, you know, I've seen them put on a match downtown here and kill it. And this wasn't even as good as that. Yeah. So kind of a bummer. Uh, Skrull did beat Colt Cabana and PCO boom, boom. beat Kenny King. They're moving on in the number one contendership matches to face uh, Skrull's facing Jay Lethal. PCO is facing Dalton Castle. So one of those four guys is getting a shot at the title. Getting the title later. Um, I did want to point out that uh, Kenny King and PCO was a no DQ match. And uh, <laughs> Kenny King cattle prodded PCO and it woke him back up. It brought him back to life. I, I love the PCO gimmick, man. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and his new music's cool too, Jim Johnston. What, what? Uh, Angelica Love is your new women's champion. She beat Kelly King. Looks like she's having a Maria Manic feud next. Uh, Jonathan Gresham beat Jay Lethal. I don't know why that means Lethal is still a number one contender, but hey, Ring of Honor rules. Uh, the Bouncers, which is Brawler Malonis and Beer City Bruiser, beat Silas Young and Vinny Marsali in one of the most uncomfortable matches I've seen this year. Like, Damn. just. It, that's uh, well, saying a lot for you. It was a it was a it was a barroom brawl match, and at one point you had the Beer City Bruiser hung up in the ropes, like sitting in in the ropes, facing into the turnbuckle, and uh, Vinny Marseglia like halfway across the ring, throwing darts in his back. Oh, you heard me. It was the darts, dude. Why? Uh, uh. Oh, oh God! Yeah, it was a gory match. It was it was nasty, but that, but also very fun. Shane Taylor defeated Tracy Williams and Flip Gordon to retain his title. 
the Briscoes retain their titles against Lifeblood, which is Bandito and Mark Haskins. Uh, looks like Bully Ray's going to come back in and put over Haskins because he ended up beating the crap out of him out of, after this match. Uh, eh, Bully Ray being Bully Ray, booking himself. I don't know. Bully Ray better put him over. Otherwise, people are going to really start questioning his booking. And finally, the big news, Rush defeated Matt Tavin to win the Ring of Honor Championship. Rush is your new Ring of Honor champion. I do believe so, you called that one, sir, Ian Dangerous. I called it, but I didn't call the fact that Matt Tavin has said he's going to stay in Ring of Honor. Oh, I actually thought, thought he was coming he, to AEW. I, I was like, if he loses that title, he's going to AEW. His contract's up. But apparently he re-signed with Ring of Honor. So I'm very confused about that. I'm not going to lie. That flips my wig like... What did they offer Matt Tavin to stay? I know that I know what they offered. They offered him three times NXT money yeah. to stay in, in Ring Ooh. of Honor, but to then lose the title as well, crazy. But I might have an explanation for the the title switch as well to put it on Rush. That also might make sense. Yeah. But uh, but we'll discuss that in our next segment. Nick, was there anything else from this week in wrestling you want to discuss, or should we head over and? and do our little closing out of the show news Yes, segment. Sammy Callahan. I think that's the one thing yes. that we did not discuss. Um, Sammy Callahan has assaulted another female superstar, <laughs> female you know, in the business. Aye, uh, aye, this aye. time, Melissa Santos, wife of Brian Cage, um, they had their wedding ceremony again, and Sammy Callahan busts a champagne bottle over Melissa Santos's head, knocking her out. Chaos oh, ensued. The Twitter wars ensued. The Twitter chaos ensued, I should say, with Bob Campbell, Sammy Callahan is a cheap piece of garbage. Why He's would he have it? Oh, God. That's yeah. the other the big thing I wanted to talk about from that. So It's <laughs> almost like he thrives on controversy or something, and people you are giving think? it to him. Yeah. <laughs> this is a man that made... He made tons of money hitting a guy in the face with a baseball bat legitimately and accidentally. Yeah. So, yeah. Accidentally, legitimately. What? <laughs> exactly. Hashtag so, accidentally, yeah. legitimately. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, and that's oh, it for our main show and our wide world of wrestling. But we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Well, do you know how I mentioned the fact that Rush winning the Ring of Honor title might make sense? Well, this is why it makes sense, because he just got fired what? from CMLL. Both oh. Rush and Dragon Lee got fired from CMLL this week. Now, this is, this is crazy. Hell, why did they there get is, fired? Uh, well, okay, there, there's a lot to unpack in the story. This is not going to be a lightning <laughs> section of this news. <laughs> there's so much to unpack here. Uh, CMLL... They put on one of the most consistently entertaining pay-per-views around, but also you can also expect to have just nonstop botching and craziness in said pay-per-views. Like it's just it's madness, it's insanity. But it's they're in so much trouble right now. Ring of Honor is pissed off at them. New Japan is pissed off at them. Their own workers are pissed off at them because they've cut wages. Uh, he's cut everyone's. Uh, there's a new. Um, uh, there's a new guy who's running the company. He's more of a finance guy. Uh, Chava Luderoth, and he cut everyone's pay except for the legends. So now everyone's pissed off in that company. It actually looked like <laughs> okay. it, it looked like Rush and uh, Dragon Lee were going to quit anyway, but they were just kind of summarily dismissed. So they're, I mean, in particular, Dragon Lee has vented on uh, online a bit about how disrespected he felt by it. But 
he'll be just fine. New Japan is waiting with open arms. And if and furthermore, like people were speculating why neither Ren Norita nor Shota Yumino went over to CMLL on excursion and why they went to LA and the UK respectively, because typically you always have some guys going to CMLL. No one from the Young Lions is going on excursion to CMLL this year. So yeah, New Japan is mad at them. And the, here's the problem is that uh, CML is in a tight spot where they need New Japan and Ring of Honor to have inroads to other countries more than those companies need them in return. And it's not like they don't make money in Mexico, but they make a lot more money by having their stars become big stars in other places and then coming back. And right. vice versa, you know, they're, they're working with Japan has been really helpful. So now that a lot of that is strained, and don't forget, Rush is one of the founding members of Los Ingobernables. Mm. So... You know, right there you have a huge factor in New Japan that's now been moved to Ring of Honor. Now Rush is a major, major, major part of Ring of Honor and looks to be going forward. They definitely want to keep him there and pay him what he's worth. And he's making tons more money in Ring of Honor than he was making in CMLL. So for him, it's and Dragon Lee, this could definitely be moving upwards. Whereas for CMLL, this could be shooting themselves in the foot. Um, Dragon Lee was not supposed to work. Uh, PWG, and he went ahead and did it anyway. Um, so he was obviously unhappy before to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty wild situation. I'm going to keep my eye on it um, because there is a lot to unpack here, and I really don't want to just go into all of the notes I have about all of this. Um, but, yeah, suffice it to say, CMLL no longer with any leverage whatsoever over Ring of Honor or New Japan. They're kind of being isolated a lot of their stars are, they're firing their own big stars. And so, oh, not good. It's looking not good at all. Uh, moving over back to the WW, Mauro Ronaldo and Nick Jackson and AEW. Mauro Ronaldo and Nick Jackson tweeted at each other to say to, they're congratulating each other before this quote unquote war begins. In fact, there's been a lot of kind of warm sentiments going back and forth between some of the players in this new quote Wednesday night war. And I know that it's really hip to say it's a Wednesday night war, they're out to kill each other. A lot of these guys know each other and respect each other. It seems to be a lot more cordial this time than it was last time, despite the fact that you know people like Cody and, and the higher-ups want to make it feel like a war because that's good for business. Right. But just before everyone else gets caught up in, in taking a side, just remember a lot of these guys are on the same side, and that is making wrestling good and making good wrestling. And that is the only side to be on. And both of the them are going to make a lot of good wrestling over the next few years. And so. hopefully a lot of money. And that's the side that yeah. I think everyone should be on is let's get as much good wrestling as possible. Yeah. You know, and we don't have to destroy someone to do that. Um, I'm anxious to see, as a quick note, I'm anxious to see what the numbers look like for the first full two-hour show on USA. I want to see what the NXT numbers and the performance is uh, this week for the first time. Uh, so where Suits is gone, it's done. We're having the full two hours on USA this week for the first time. No network jumping over. I want to see what that looks like. That's going to be very telling uh, yeah. what we could expect. It's it's going to be a wild week, Nick. Yep. Um, there's also rumor Jack Swagger may be going to AEW. I think that, depend, that depends on how he feels about his MMA career, which is going pretty swimmingly right now. But, uh, you know, he does love the wrestling as well. And that yep. would be a big get, big get. For AEW. Speaking of AEW, uh, it is just finalized its deal in Canada. Barely made it under the wire, but it does have a deal in Canada now. It will air live on Wednesdays on TSN in Canada. 
Um, and because of the outburst, I know a lot of people in the UK were not happy that they'd be getting AEWs not until Sunday and a recap show on Monday. Uh, apparently, Tony Khan heard that and is working to get a deal with it where it airs on ITV on Thursdays in the UK. So it'd only be a one-day delay. Uh, although with a time difference, it wouldn't. It would be a only slight delay, I think. Yeah, it would be like Thursday morning, one a.m. Uh, if they had it even live, live because at eight p.m. Right. Eastern is five hours uh, behind the UK. Yeah, so, so they might do like a 12, 12 hour delay or a fifteen hour delay I or mean, something. Yeah, I mean, weigh in, folks in Europe and the UK. We'd love to hear from you. Please. Is it something you'd watch at two hours show at one o'clock in the morning, or would you just watch yeah. it the next day on ITV? You know, if they get this deal done, I, I think this is a good compromise. It's a hell of a lot better than having to wait four or five days till Sunday Monday to be able to see it. Which Seriously, would lead Seriously. you to bootleg, watch it somewhere else anyway. So smart business move by Tony Khan to get your eyes on the product. Well, yeah, listening to the fans is always a smart move. Yep. Just saying. Uh, speaking of moving, 205 Live is moving to Fridays. As you'd expect, it's still staying with the SmackDown show. It will be live after SmackDown on the network. Uh, so that's actually that's kind of a no-brainer. But it, it, what they're saying is 205 Live will continue. Hmm. It'll just be on Fridays. One more show we have to watch before our Saturday show, Nick. Great. <laughs> Uh, speaking of new shows, NWA, not to be left out of all of this, NWA TV is also starting. It will be free on YouTube starting on a week from today. It'll be on Tuesdays, which is smart because it's like the only day that's left. It's going to be them and Impact uh, will be on Tuesdays. It'll be uh, next Tuesday at 6.05 Eastern time uh, here in the U.S. So that's if you want to catch NWA TV, it's going to be live. They were taping it this week. Um, be careful. Spoilers abound. Online. Uh, also, we had a goodbye to some of the AEW talent show over at GCW. Uh, Joey Janela, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, all GCW regulars that will be leaving the indies and going to AEW. And they had a farewell show for them. It was pretty fun. Uh, in particular, I just want to note that your favorite Nick, Superhuman, yes. was there. And uh, for all his juggalos and juggalettes, he gave Ethan Page a stunner. And Ethan Page sold that thing like Scott Hall at WrestleMania 18. So Not only that, a- I've got a soft spot for this, and I, I want to call it out. I posted it in the group earlier today. Uh, Joey Janela went on to – did a backyard video with Superhuman. Yeah. And you know what? Props. Got you, got you in the think, feels. Think what you want about Juggalos and Juggalettes and fuck this shit and all the <laughs> shit that Superhuman does. Joe, uh, a, a superstar like Joey Janela going to some dude's house – in the backyard and jumping on some action figures and VCRs off the deck just to make a YouTube video and selling the hell out of it, man. Props, dude. Think what you want about Joey Janela, but that's that, that that's is still awesome. kind of that's still kind of Joey Janela's brand. I'm just gonna throw that out sure. there, like you know, and if hey, you know, if you can do both, if you can establish your brand and be a good human being, hey, cool. Oh, I've he's jumping on a meme. I, whatever. Either way, yeah, I'm. I, I can't hate on it too much, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, it also was just it also just was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also speaking of that same show, so after that uh, show, Jake Atlas and Jungle Boy tweeted at each other that they loved each other and uh, you know that each made each other's lives better. And immediately the internet jumped on it and were like, "They're a couple. Why well, didn't know they were gay? That's beautiful. Oh, we love you guys. Oh, it's so." Does that wonderful. mean they're also into bestiality because they have their own dinosaur? Nick Howell. What? I'm just asking. You filthy, filthy human is that being. Why, no. Is that what they're doing with Luchasaurus? 
can nothing be pure for you? No. Can nothing be pure? Can there be nothing pure like the love between a boy and his dinosaur? It has to be something filthy to you. Sorry, guys. My inner 12-year-old escaped for there for a minute. My God. I'm back. Besides, it it turned out that this was just two bros loving each other and had nothing to do with them actually loving each other like in a you know, relationship kind of way. Yeah, tell and, me uh, more. Jake, Jake, Jake Atlas <laughs> came out very explicitly and said, we're not a couple, guys. We're not a couple. We're totally not to doing make it. it. Clear, <laughs> to make it clear, we, we both love the ladies. Yeah, Ladies, go hop on Jungle Boy. He'll be over in AEW. No, we love the ladies. Did I mention I'm not gay? <laughs> right. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh, me thinks he doth protest too much. Oh. I'm just kidding. No, no. Uh, but that was a funny little little tidbit that happened. And finally, yeah. R.I.P. to Rick Bognar. You may know him better as Fake Razor Ramon fake or Razor. Big Titan. Uh, 49, way too young. Way too young. Um, that's rough. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. to Rick Bognar. Started in on a down note, but Oof. that is your news for the week, Nick. Or for this particular show. Yeah, what do we call that now? Week. Like for yesterday? <laughs> for up until now? Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, that's uh, that's the new the new show for Mondays. Now, normally, if there was a pay per view, such as next Monday or sorry, next Tuesday, we're gonna have uh, it'll be following up Hell in a Cell. So, what we would normally do here in that situation is we'd kill this stream and we'd jump over and we'd start a new one. You guys could jump over and we'd do a full dedicated recap show for said pay per view. But don't have one this week. But we're leaving that slot open. So we will get to Hell in a Cell next week. We'll have the live <gasps> chat in the Discord for Hell in a Cell on Sunday. And don't forget, Saturday, we'll be back with another show, another two shows, actually, where we'll be covering AEW NXT SmackDown Live, the premiere, the big show on Fox that we've been waiting a year oh, for. Man. It's finally here. On I still Friday. don't know how the hell I'm going to watch it. How am I going to uh, watch it, Nick? We figured that out, and we got you guys covered. So that show will be at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, this coming Saturday. You can find the event in YouTube if you want to join us live on Saturday afternoon for that show. Otherwise, it will go up on the feed, podcast feed as usual. Immediately after that, much like we are going to do with the pay-per-views, we will be ending that stream and jumping over and doing a dedicated listener question show for the patrons. Mm. So, patrons, we will be doing a dedicated hour-long show where we can get into your questions a lot longer, and they won't be that rapid fire. But that's yeah. that's going to be a big deal we're gonna for get, us. We're going to get all up in them like Bobby Lashley yeah. and Alana. Yeah. Okay. Nothing like that. But yes, we we want to get to much more questions that you guys submit every single week, and we want to spend more time Sorry. with each of them. So we're going to have a dedicated segment. Uh, on Saturdays just for those questions. So when you see the post go up here in a couple of days, make sure you get your questions in. We know there's 40 or so of you out there. Uh, we just, you know, send it. We seem to get questions from the same five to six people every week. Come on in. Don't be afraid. Ans- ask your questions. We've got a dedicated show for it. This and it's a lot of fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. For you patrons, I hope you enjoyed the the first annual AMA mailbag that we did. Uh, that is up. And the audio vo- version went up today, so you should mm. see that in your podcast app. Welcome to the new era of the Busted Wide Open podcast, everybody. Uh, as always, you can find us over on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open discussion group and on our Discord server, which you can find a link to uh, both in on Facebook and in the show notes 
right below here on YouTube if you are watching us live or if you're watching this later. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us right here on YouTube so you can be a part of this whole new journey that we're going on. YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And last but certainly not least, patrons, we love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. You are largely the reason that we have gotten to where we are able to launch this whole new era and provide you guys with all kinds of new content throughout each week uh, for the indefinite future. So thank you. Thank you very much. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.